Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. One thing that frustrates me is that the humanitarian crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border right now has been going on for decades. Journalists, writers, and artists have been saying this, but frankly, y'all haven't been listening. Then, last week, people started listening. The novel American Dirt came out, and it was hyped as the definitive novel about the border. But... Some Latinx writers and readers are saying it's full of stereotypes. It's not good. So how is this uh, the story of the Americas again? And that's, I mean, that's really kind of what's at the heart of this. Today, we're talking about which stories on migration from the U.S.-Mexico border get told and which ones don't. I'm Marisol Medina Cadena. Welcome to the Bay. So I, I first heard about the book uh, when I was on a forum with uh, Michael Krasny. Joining us in the studio for this hour is Oscar Villalon, managing editor of Zizova, the San Francisco-based literary journal. I think this was in December. We were talking about the best books of the of, of the decade. In the course of talking about this, one of the guests said, oh, by the way, just so you guys know, there's going to be a big book coming out in January. I'm just putting everyone on notice that Janine Cummins' book, which is called American Dirt, is such an unbelievable immigration story about a mother and her son. I got a preview copy of the book in the mail, and that was the first time that I that I saw it. Ingrid Rojas Contreras is a best-selling author in San Francisco. She joined me and Oscar in studio to talk about the book, which is being dubbed as the Grapes of Wrath of Our Times. Just last week, the book was championed by Oprah, who announced it as her book club pick for 2020. Oprah, drum roll, please. It is American Dirt, American Dirt, American Dirt by Janine Cummins. I was in. I was in from the very first sentence. We should say. So the storyline is there is a mother, Lydia, and she is married to a journalist who is reporting on the cartel. And in the beginning of the book, he publishes a story that is harmful to the cartel. And this is why the massacre happens at the quinceañera party. Wow, quinceañera. I know. <laughs> Interesting choice. <laughs> but then the reason why the the surviving members of the family, which are Lydia and then her son Luca, flee to the border is not because of this massacre, but because the the boss of this cartel is in love with her and will not stop pursuing her until she's dead. And so this is why they have to cross the border. 
So American Dirt got a lot of praise right out of the gate. But it also got a lot of negative attention, especially after Miss Magazine rejected a review critical of the book from an author named Miriam Gerba. Her review was eventually posted on a different site, Tropics of Meta. And that's when other Latinx writers, like Ingrid, started talking about it too. It's almost like we, if we could think of all the stereotypes together and then just put them in a plot and shake it around, mm. I, it feels like this is what would mm. come out. You know, when you read it, when you read kind of like the Spanish portions and you even see how the Spanish is being used in the book, it kind of read as if, as if someone just went randomly choosing a word and just turning it into Spanish. Like using Google Translate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, it, I just did not take it seriously. Mm. And that in, in of itself is not surprising. A lot of not great books get published every single year. Yeah, and I think that's what's really intriguing here is that why a book that not only people like Miriam, um, but David Bowles, but also people like uh, Peru Segal over the New York Times are also saying the same thing. It's not good. So how is this uh, the story of the Americas again? And that's, I mean, that's really kind of what's at the heart of this. Janine Cummins, the author of American Dirt, is white. But a lot of the criticism surrounding her novel isn't just about that. It's about how the book was promoted in a publishing industry that doesn't have enough Latinx voices. American Dirt uh, got an advance of seven figures. Uh, So you can imagine if the publisher is investing that much in the book, uh, what it would mean for their marketing. Like what kind of budget do they then have to, to put all their support and throw all their support behind this book? So, you know, someone who is in marketing uh, or publicity might have, you know, three books or four books that they are juggling with in a season, but there is the one that they're supposed to be doing the most work for. I think what, what is troubling to me is just how tone deaf the marketing was for the book in leading up to its publication. There was a luncheon, a publicity luncheon for the book in November where it's like this fancy dinner is just for the book. And then there were there were centerpieces uh, that were there were there were vases and flowers. And then the vases were wrapped in barbed wire. Wow. Um, and then to look like the border wall. To look like the border. I think Miriam Gerba on Twitter called it border chic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's it's just been the the misrepresentation of the book and the way that the book has been handled. I think betrays to me that no one has really thought through what it what it means to handle a story that, for a lot of people, would carry a lot of trauma. Everything seemed kind of a caricature mm. to me. So to call American Dirt the account is so irresponsible, and it is not the right record of what uh, border politics is at this moment. It's really hard to think of a parallel because, again, if it's entertainment, then fine. I mean, if you're just making this thing, this pot boiler, and it is what it is, I still think it's offensive. I still think it's this. But, hey, you know, you're trying to make a buck. God bless. I um, agree with you. If if it had been published and kind of built as this is our um, like romanticized view of the border and it's just for entertainment, there's room for that on the shelves for whoever wants to re- to read that story. 
But I, I think it's, uh, to, to call it the novel of Las Americas and to put this much attention on a book that is actually erasing what the politics of the border is, uh, I think it does more harm than good. I mean, there's you're going to see a lot of, of comments on this, particularly on social media, particularly among writers who, understandably, as writers feel very slighted because it's so hard to get published. It's so hard to find audience. It's so hard to be promoted, you know? So there's the, that sort of vocational aspect of it, you know, among writers saying, well, you know, this is really unfair. That's part of it. But that's really the smallest part of it. The, the larger part is, you know, it's kind of like um, being in a long uh, marriage and then waking up one day and realizing... Uh, your spouse has no idea who you are. Uh, you don't know me. This is incredible. Why did you think uh, this was going to be, if not okay, but just not a problem? It speaks to sort of myopia. And it also speaks, I think, you know, again, not just to publishing, but just in general. Uh, look where we're at. If anything, we've known from the last, you know, the year since 2016. And before that, obviously, but but, you know, if, if, if it hasn't been driven into your skull by now, clearly, not all Americans are valued the same. On Friday, Janine Cummins went on NPR's Morning Edition. She said she has avoided a lot of the criticism on Twitter and that she wrote the book with good intentions. I feel like there is room in the national dialogue for us to examine the humanity of the people involved in a much more intimate way. And I, people can decide for themselves whether they feel that I failed or succeeded in that endeavor, but that was my hope. Do you think you were aware of your cultural blind spots as a, as a white woman writing about this who has no personal experience as a migrant? I think I was as aware of my cultural blind spots as I could be. I think it, it speaks to just a whole thing of accountability. Um, and I don't mean Janine comes you know, personally, but I think her mindset is rather uh, widespread. Sometimes if you feel if your heart's in the right place, then that's good enough. You know, the other stuff, the hard stuff, maybe I don't really have to do. You know, uh, in the Bay Area, I think we're kind of at a crossroads with that. I think it's really interesting to see people like Chesa Booning and, you know, all these other folks getting, you know, into office and, and us sussing this out amongst ourselves and that if, you know, that good intentions may not be actually enough. We really have to try to do things. Sometimes things that, you know, uh, there may not be a script for. Things that are new. And in, in that sense, that could apply also to publishing. Things you haven't done before, you have to, you know, we have to try something different and see if it works because what you've been doing hasn't worked. I think there's also a danger once you start down the rabbit trail of I have good intentions, that it raises the volume of your own voice and you're not able to hear the people that you're supposed to be helping. So what are some examples of authors and writers who have, have written about these themes, but in a complex and nuanced way? I love Lost Children Archive is her latest one. She wrote Tell Me How It Ends. Tell Me How It Ends is a beautiful one. And I also find it interesting, um, you know, Valeria Luisali is a white Mexican. Um, and she initially wanted to write Tell Me How It Ends as a novel. So Tell Me How It Ends is an, is an essay. Um, and it's about 
her explaining unaccompanied minors at the mm-hmm. border, but as if she's explaining it to her child. Right. What's yeah. going on? Um, and I, she turned away from making it into a novel uh, because she started to realize that the novel was becoming a means to an end for mm-hmm. her to just deal with the experience of receiving these testimonies because she was volunteering at the border as an interpreter. Yeah, in a law in a law office in a law office in yeah. New York. Mm-hmm. When she saw that she was centering herself in a story that wasn't her experience and didn't belong to her, like she was centering herself in a way that was uh, in service to her, but not in service to the story. That's when she said, "Oh, this has to be an essay." Another example: um, Octavio Solis. He wrote this book, um, Retablos, for City Lights, about growing up basically in El Paso. A lot of that said amongst you know the, the you know the Mexican American community in El Paso, but there's a lot of it too. These vignettes involving undocumented people, and how they come literally come into their home or come into their lives in different parts of just growing up, and again gives you an example too of this sort of sense of you know there before the grace of God go I. And I, I just love the conception of that book too. Mm. There's the kind of like the concept or the idea behind it are those paintings that people in in Mexico will get um, made if a miracle is seed, uh, conceded. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like I forget what a, they're a called. painting, a retablo. Retables. Oh, they're called yeah. retablos. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And on the bottom, basically, the story of their mm-hmm. miracle. Mm-hmm. So it's folded beautifully into the kind of environment of the, the culture and the way that that tells the story and is used to, to- tell the story. Um, it's so beautiful. There are tons of books that we can be uplifting that can give us a more nuanced understanding of why people leave their homelands and cross the U.S.-Mexico border in the first place. Oscar and Ingrid shared their book recommendations with us, and we'll leave you a link in the show notes. Ingrid Rojas Contreras is the author of Fruit of the Drunken Tree, and Oscar Villalon is managing editor of the Bay Area literary journal Ziziva. This episode was produced by Devin Kadayama and editor Alan Monticilio. KQED's leadership team includes Julie Kane, Vinnie Tong, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Marisol Medina Cadena. Peace. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. 
Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 